Baltimore Ravens look pretty, pretty amazing as we head into a conference championship. Amber and Ian is presented by Progressive Insurance. Let's bring in somebody who used to play for those Baltimore Ravens. Nick Boyle, former Ravens tight end, joining us. And Nick, thanks so much for your time. Let's start with that quarterback because that man's probably about to win another MVP. You were there when he got drafted back in 2018. Talk to me about his progression from getting drafted, coming in as a rook, wildly talented even back then, obviously winning an MVP in 19, but to now, what is the change you've seen in 2024? Yeah, I mean, first of all and foremost, Lamar is probably the most, the single most amazing person I've ever seen touch a football. I mean, witnessing him firsthand in practice and, and whatever we're doing athletically, meeting-wise, anything around the football facility, if Lamar is there, dude, he does something magnificent, amazing. And you're like, wow, how do you just do that? Every single day. And, you know, I had the, uh, you know, I was very thankful to be there for when he got drafted and to watch him grow into what he is now. But, I mean, ever since he stepped foot in that facility, stepped foot on the football field, this dude has been amazing. And I tell everyone who asks about Lamar, like, the dude's an awesome football player, and then they say, well, how's he as a person? And this dude's, like, the most humble person around the locker room you can talk to. Like, he talks to anyone, talks from practice, but any, anyone in the locker room he could be friends with and talk to him and hold a conversation, which is really important, I think, for a football team and being quarterback. But, uh, yeah, seeing him now, in the, uh, you know, on TV and playing the games, him just managing the game, I think sitting in the pocket, you know, obviously extending plays, which he always extends plays. He always has. He's always made plays with his feet. But now he makes plays with his feet, scrambling, keeping his eyes downfield, and still finding open receivers. And I feel like people talk, man, how, how are they going to beat the Ravens now? They're so, I mean, the Ravens are, they can beat you in so many different ways. And I also tell people that, like, the defense could have the perfect play called up, work perfectly, two guys account for Lamar, and he makes both of them miss, and he scrambles for 40 yards. You know, you know what I mean? This, I, I must drive people crazy. And I'm like, yeah, dude, it's Lamar Jackson. It's Lamar Jackson. I don't know what else you want me to tell you. This, this dude is a freak. And he, he's an awesome person. So, I mean, it, I'm so glad to see him doing what he's doing out there. And no, no surprise to me. I mean, he's, like I said, he's always been impressing, you know, impressive every time, you know, practice, whatnot, out in the field. Hey, Boyle, uh, you spent eight years with that organization. Does it feel weird mm-hmm. to say they and not we? Just out of curiosity, uh, a little bit, but like, man, I'm I'm real to the extent to where if I'm a part of something, I'm a part of something. If I'm not a part of it, I'm not a part of it. You you know what I mean? Like, it's it's a little weird at first, but it's what I want to be because I don't want to say we when I'm not a part of what they're doing right now. I get you know it. I mean, all credit yeah. to that and them. I mean, I say you know, I say, say we, we all the time, and I never played. I <laughs> Nick, Nick, you can say, you can say we. <laughs> Ian I and I always say we. Come on. Because he went there and he says we, and I'm like, dude, you didn't play on the football team. You can't say we. <laughs> I feel like a very integral part of everything that the Miami Dolphins and the Florida Gators do. Okay, because I am cheering my butt off for them, so it is we yeah, until the end of time. You can say we. <laughs> Nick Boyle, yeah, spent eight. That's how I am. Yeah. Nick, Nick Bull out of Delaware spent eight years as an inline blocking tight end and one of the best to do it. Joining us here on ESPN Radio, giving you some back, you know, some backstory insight as to what makes Lamar Jackson and, and John Harbaugh and that Ravens team go. And you mentioned extending plays. Take us onto the field because you were there again for eight years. You know, and, and what I think five yeah. with Lamar. When all of a sudden a play breaks down, take us. Onto the field, what is that like, and what are you doing when you all of a sudden go, all right, here he goes, here he goes, here goes eight. It's like, 
So, first of all, he makes everyone on the field's job easier. So, like, that from my aspect and, and blocking for him. Dude, there was this one time, remember, verse 20, we were playing at the Bills away 2019, and it was like an option, read option, run play, and I was supposed to arc to this one dude. And I was arcing to Matt Bellana, and I totally missed this block, and I turn around and I see Lamar one-on-one with Matt at uh, Milano, and he just makes this dude look stupid out there. And I'm like, oh, my God, I, that's my guy who's supposed to block. So then I see him make a miss, and then I'm like, all right, what now? Then you just – it's all like, all right, pick up whatever, whatever you're doing, turn around and go find a block. And that's with pass protection. That's with the run game with him. That's with everything with him. And him making your job easy in, in that aspect, because he's always going to make you right, always going to make you right. Very, very little does he do anything really hard. Oh, you know what I mean? So he is just, when he, those plays break down, it's all about, like, and you practice this with Coach Harbaugh does a good job practicing, you know, scramble drill, all these different things with the offense stuff breaks down to keep playing. Because with him, you have to keep playing. You always have to have, have your head on a swivel. And the play is not always going to be like the play that was designed, you know, ran like it was supposed to. And you get used to playing with him, used to just going off, you know, whatever you're doing and just making the play work. And I'm just saying, he makes it easier for everyone. Pass protection, blocking for him, you know, in the run game, blocking for him, just because he's such a special player. Former Baltimore Ravens tight end Nick Boyle joining us here on Amber and Ian. So this Todd Munkin offense is a little different than the one that you played in Mm -hmm. when you were there with the Ravens. What are your impressions of Todd Munkin's system? Yeah, I mean, it's been been fun to watch on TV. Um, I think Lamar has an extreme amount of confidence in, you know, the play calling. And I feel like they're very synced together with agreeing to what he wants to run and Todd calling those plays. I mean, I've never met Todd, but just watching it and knowing how, you know, a lot of those players who were still there when I was there, um, how they operate. So I kind of can kind of think what they're thinking without watching or without talking to them. And all the plays, he, he seems to enjoy that offense. He seems to Feel, it looks like he's like the most comfortable he's been in a long time with this offense. Um, throwing the ball, you know, even with their run game, they say, oh, they're going to throw the ball more. They're not going to run as well. I mean, even Gus, Gus Edwards, man, he's doing awesome. I love Gus. And they're still pounding the ball when they need to pound the ball. And I think it's just a very uh, balanced offense um, to what they need to do to win the game. John Harbaugh, he's been there over a decade and a half, which is unheard of. In, in in this mm-hmm. day and age, in, in big time football, it's he and Mike Tomlin basically now with Bill Belichick mm-hmm. stepping away from New England. What's it? What, what's he like day in day out? And you were there for eight years with John Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. Just take us behind the scenes. Yeah. What's he like to play for? Uh, he's an intense guy. He's he's intense, but I, I love that about him. And what's most important about him that like he he always says to keep the main things the main things and. He truly, truly loves the team, cares about the team, and loves football, hands down. It's in his blood. It's in his family. It comes from his dad, his brother, to him. I mean, they live, eat, breathe, die football all the time. And uh, like I'm saying before, he keeps the main things the main things. So he's very – everything's about football. Everything's about the team. But he also brings this aspect in that he really cares about people's families, you know, very open to bring families in the building and whatnot. So – I think the relatability to that and players feel comfortable with him and respecting him on what he truly cares about. It's no BS there, no BS whatsoever. It's all about what's going to get this team to win. What are we going to do? They have periodic meetings with the players. He has periodic meetings, you know, during the week, what we think we should do. And he's very open to hearing players talk. 
Um, and I'm just like, like I said, he just cares about winning, cares about football, and cares about the players. And, and I think that's what you really want to see as an NFL football coach. And I think people think that's oh, that that's how it's supposed to be, but I don't, I don't think that's the case everywhere around the NFL. Nick Boyle joining us. So in that divisional round matchup with the Texans, they're tied 10-10 at the half. They go in, apparently, to the locker room. Lamar has an inappropriate speech, as he called it himself. They come out 24-0 shutout there in the second half. You've been there. I would imagine for some of those speeches, take me inside a Lamar Jackson halftime speech, or was he more appropriate when you were there? Yeah, I think he was a little more appropriate. I, don't, I, don't, I mean, <laughs> appropriate's not the word to use in an NFL locker room when you want to be doing better. Yeah, there's nothing to do that's appropriate, whether it's from the coach or whatnot. Um, but that that was cool to hear too. Lamar says, you know, I was the guy doing that. I could just imagine what he was saying. But uh, you know, that's what he needed to do, and obviously, he made a difference for that team. You know, I mean, he's the team leader, and like I said, since he stepped foot on the football field, showing that he. he he leads this team, and he, he's this amazing player. But him to go in there at halftime and and rally his teammates—what doesn't matter what he says, as long as you rally your teammates and, and everyone around you—and to win the game, you know, it, it, you could say the most harsh thing to anyone, but you won the game. Uh, so, I mean, that was really cool to hear and see. And I, I can—I mean, I can only imagine, like you said, he didn't want to repeat what he said, but uh, it, it worked. You played alongside Mark Andrews. The word is he's going to be yeah. back. Uh, here we go. He, he's going to be back on the field. The word is this week in the AFC Championship game coming off a, a gruesome injury. You also had a gruesome mm-hmm. injury that damn near ended your career. If you can, again, take us behind the scenes. What, how hard is that to come back from? I think yours was MCL, PCL, and hamstring torn from the bone, if I remember correctly. Andrew's coming mm-hmm. back from a, a broken bone and a, and a banged-up ankle, man. What's that like, yeah. and what does he mean to this offense? Oh, Mark to everything this offense, everything to Lamar. Um, you know, now that they have a lot of weapons at wide receiver, but Mark was always there. He was always a staple player to throw to, and they have this chemistry like no other. Like, I'm telling you, there's there's times where people will try to see what Mark does on the field, but then he will do something totally else, and they'll try to game plan for it. But they're literally playing backyard football together, and they have this, like, mind reader, I don't know, intelligence with one another that Lamar knows what he's doing. And Mark knows what he's doing. And Mark would be doing a totally run across the field on a shallow cross and stop and go the other way, which is like the biggest no-no, but he does it and it scores a touchdown. So, I mean, it's it's critically important to get him back. He's an awesome player, an awesome dude. And and like you said, going through gruesome injuries, that's probably the toughest thing. I mean, all players, you know, in the NFL face when they, when they get, you know, when they get an injury. And for him to come back, you know, this season with what he's been through is truly incredible. All right, as we turn you loose, we saw you in the offseason long snapping for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Are, are, are you still – I mean, you were a long snapper at Delaware. I think you're... Thing. Yeah, I was a snapper now. You know, I should have just not played tight end and snapped for 50 years in the NFL thinking about it now, and I would have felt great. I'm like, I do right now. Are you done? No, are you done? I ain't snapping anymore. No, yeah, I'm done. I'm fishing right now. I'm trying to go on the Bassmasters. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on a lake. I just built a house on a lake right now, you know, and I just got a boat and there's a little ice out there, but I'm waiting for that first ice to get off there so I can go back to work in a different way. Uh, your special teams coach at Delaware probably hindered you, right? So there you go. Let's just yeah, bring, yeah, let's, let's bring that guy. Here, teach me. <laughs> yeah. we'll bass fishing hurts. Bass fishing hurts a lot less, I would imagine. Uh, so maybe a good uh, yeah. decision there. 
<laughs> Nick I mean, Boyle, my body former. Hurts all the time still, but that's all right. Yeah, <laughs> that's worked. what a lot of that's what a lot of players say. Uh, thanks, yeah. Nick, for your time. Yeah. yeah, I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Nick, God bless you, man. By the way, his special teams coach of Delaware, Amber, last name Fitzsimmons. Yeah, I, I picked up there what we you go. were putting down. Yeah, right uh, there there right you go. There. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, <laughs> is this the year that Lamar Jackson and the Ravens get over the hump? We just talked about it with Nick. We'll talk amongst ourselves. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Over the snap. Quarterback draw off the middle. He's to the 10. Five. Touchdown Ravens. Mark Jackson rolls to the right. Lob to the end zone. Touchdown. Isaiah Likely with a leaping grab. It is all over in Baltimore. The Ravens are heading to the AFC Championship game. I really don't care about what people say. You know, I'm, I'm trying to win um, day in, day out. Every time I'm on that field, I'm trying to play to the best of my ability. The Ravens were pretty unbelievable over the weekend, particularly in the second half of their game. Ian, Amber and Ian is presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career path with flexibility and great pay and benefits? Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. Amber Wilson, Ian Fitzsimmons with you. You can find him at Ian Fitz ESPN. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. So the Ravens, they beat the Texans. 34 to 10 over the weekend and the first half was a good game not so much the second half because the Ravens were pretty unbelievable and they are pretty dominant (laughs) Lamar has been pretty unbelievable all season long once he settled into that Todd Munkin system he looked comfortable after a few weeks in that system and it was gonna be a little slow out of the gate you have a new OC you're learning a whole new playbook there but he settled into it. It got clicking. And it's, it is, it's like that high-flying offense that we knew Munkin was going to bring there from Georgia. That You and I were so excited to see work in the pros with that quarterback. Yeah, and it, you could tell that Lamar Jackson hadn't played a game in 19 to 20 days. He looked rusty. Mm-hmm. And that, the team, not just Lamar, the team looked rusty in that first half. And that punt return, they got housed by the Texans. And give, you know, give Sims full-on credit. Practice squad call up, right? And he, you house a punt return in the playoffs? Come on, man. I mean, I, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I, I literally stood up on my couch and almost gave a golfer, golfer's clap. Like, all right, you know what? Good job out of you. Even though I had the Ravens minus nine. <laughs> because when that happens, that's a feel-good kind of human interest story. But then Lamar Jackson goes in, has a very spirited, 
halftime speech, which, by the way, folks, if you've ever been in, uh, down the sidelines or you know associated with a broadcast of an NFL game, when you're in the stands, you're going to get you know another beer or Coke or hit, hit the restroom, right? And you come back out and, oh, my gosh, it's already kicked. That's an NFL halftime. It's eight minutes. I mean, it's like you got to go in, take a leak, right? I mean, do whatever you got to do. And you it talk, feels you're, like forever when you're watching the broadcast. When you're at home but, on your couch and you're watching the broadcast and when you're the there, halftime though, break in action, it feels like forever. But So the difference, like when you're in the stands or you're on the sidelines, right? I mean, it's like, oh, wait, what? We're back? I mean, it's that fast. And Lamar Jackson, in about an eight-minute span, gave an impassioned, bleep you speech to his entire team. And they came out hell-bent. He finishes, look, I know, 16-22 to for a buck 52 in the air, right? Two touchdowns, mm-hmm. no INTs. Another 100 yards on the ground. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you very <laughs> much. And another two touchdowns on the, on the ground. He goes for 252 and four touchdowns. No INTs. Unreal. That is the difference, and that's what that guy brings. Not just that, but I don't think enough people give the Baltimore Ravens defense enough credit. They kind of sprinkle over it. It's all about Lamar. And Odell Beckham Jr. and the offense and the new weapons. And Mark Andrews was, we all thought he was going to go last week. Doesn't. Right. Now he's scheduled to be back. His whoopee has, as you just heard, Nick Boyle, just retired Ravens tight end, who was in that tight end room with Mark Andrews, talking about what Andrews means to Lamar Jackson and their relationship. To have that guy back to the AFC Championship. Damn, Amber. I mean, that that is going to be just another boost. But bottom line is this. That was a massive win. Not just for the Ravens organization, but for Lamar Jackson personally. And he, I mean, and he talked about it. You know, it was one of those things where he's like, I I heard all the narratives. You hear it. You can't ignore it. How he can't get his team past a certain round. MVP or no MVP. Well, guess what? They not only did it, but in the second half, it was beyond impressive. And this is a team right now, hell-bent, and they, on ESPN bet, they are now a three-and-a-half-point favorite over Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. And those stats that we gave you with Lamar, that was with a rusty Lamar Jackson in the first half because you were absolutely right. That Ravens team looked rusty the first half. And we know that they sat out the end of the regular season and, of course, had the one seed, so they missed a week there as well. And so then you end up out multiple weeks in a row, and three weeks later you're looking rusty when you trot onto a football field. It didn't catch up to them, though, like it did back in 2019 when he had his other MVP caliber season, and then he ends up losing in the divisional round. Here they're able to take care of business in the second half, whether it was from a lot of cursing in the locker room at halftime or what. (laughs) They settled in, and they got the job done. Lamar's phenomenal. We all know that. What happens now, though, of course, is you always have to take the narrative one step further. And I know that the real reason James Steele, as a Patrick Mahomes Chiefs fan, hates Josh Allen so much is because as great as Josh Allen is, everybody had to try to take it that next step and have him like leapfrog Patrick Mahomes. And I think that's what really rubbed James the wrong way. Well, now we're going to do it with Lamar Jackson. Okay, so buckle up, James. Ryan Clark, ESPN NFL analyst, was on first take. 
So I'm, I'm going to say Lamar Jackson, and these questions are hard because I'm not picking Lamar Jackson because I don't believe in Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Because I do. I think he's the best quarterback in the NFL now, and to me, already the second greatest behind Tom Brady and inching up closer to him. But when you look at who Lamar Jackson is now, Lamar Jackson is a reluctant runner of the football. And still, when he runs it, you can't get him on the ground. Go back to that fourth and one naked bootleg call. And Lamar Jackson is in the open field, and he's making it look like Little League. It's back to the play that Tom Brady was talking about him making in high school where he stopped and the dude flew out of bounds. Lamar Jackson treats NFL athletes like high school athletes when he has the football in his hand. I should have realized the question wasn't in that bite. Who is more dangerous, Mahomes or Lamar Jackson, was the question on first take today. And you heard Ryan Clark's answer there being Lamar Jackson. Amber, that that fourth and one, that naked boot with Mm -hmm. with Patrick Reichert out in front, my gosh. And that dead leg that he gave to, I can't remember who, whomever the Texan defender was, but Lamar Jackson stopped on a dime after he had the first down and went and got another five yards. Why? Because he stopped on a dime, like a like dead stop. And then, bam, hit, the, hit the, you know, the Jets again and got another five yards. You can't coach that. You can't, it's, it's almost impossible to defend. And that's what we just saw from Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. And I can't wait to watch this matchup. Uh, yeah, uh, that Patrick Mahomes guy, though, he's uh, pretty still pretty, pretty, good. Good. pretty good, and he was pretty, pretty good yesterday as well. Coming up next here, the Lions have been a great story all year long. We will talk to somebody who used to play for them next here on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Job better done on this night by your NFC North champion Detroit Lions who are going to the NFC Championship game with a trip to the Super Bowl on the line. I envisioned that we would have a chance to compete with the big boys, and that's where we're at. All you got to do is get in. It's exciting, and not just for me, but for our whole team. And we expected to win the first game. We expected to win this game, and and now we get to go to a game we expected to be in against a really good team at their place. And um, we're going to come into it expecting to win. It'll be a tough game, but um, it'll be fun. It is well known on this show and around these parts that I don't love to admit when I'm not so right. And Ian, I might have to about Dan Campbell because it appears, not that I was wrong because, you know, I don't admit to that, but that I wasn't exactly correct about Dan Campbell. Apparently he is, in fact, a hell of a coach. I'm going to have to give him his props. I think it's time, right? I think it's time at this I, point. I, I think it's time to, you, to say those three words again that you mentioned last week, and then you no, still no, no. don't. No, uh, no, no, no. That was, I, yeah, I, you I, were no, no, wrong. No, no, no. No, 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 hold on. I just wasn't so much right. But let's bring in somebody who can help us with the Detroit Lions conversation. Somebody that was there for a very long time. Dominic Rayola, former Lions center, 14 years 
Dominic, you spent with the Lions. Thanks so much for your time. I think you might be the longest tenured Lion ever. So you know a thing or two about that franchise. Do you know if that if that is in fact correct? You know, I am not sure, but that's pretty cool to to know that uh, you know I was there for that long and to see where they are now. We're going to give it to you either way. Whether it's true or not, I'm making it true here on Amber and Ian. Uh, you obviously, though, there for almost a decade and a half. So what does this mean? Since you were there, you were there for some of those dark years. What do you feel like this means to the city of Detroit where they will be competing now in a conference championship? I mean, they're, they're diehard fans. Um, and, they, you know, they're passionate. Um, they, they, they would show up when we weren't winning. So I couldn't, couldn't imagine what, you know, I could imagine what this means to that city right now. Um, and it's, a, and they're tough and, and, you know, they can relate to how Dan built this team. So I think uh, it's more of a personal note um, to the fans that the way this team was built, the way they're winning games, um, they were built from the inside out and um, shoot. I mean, I, that city's on fire right now. 51. Come on, man. Turn it loose. You, you, don't, you don't be guarded. Right? I mean, you, you know what it means to that city, bro. So if yep. you can, just sum up. I mean, that fan base, and because you were there for 0-16, and, and you were there for playoff teams. So what does this run right now mean to not just that fan, that fan base, but that entire city that you bled and sweat for for 14 years? Well, put it this way. When, when I was there, we had a couple winning years maybe two or three winning years. And, and if you just give them a glimpse of hope, they're going to get behind you all the way. And what I want to say is I was there when the Red Wings were winning championships. I was there when the Tigers were going to World Series. I was there when the Pistons were winning championships. And everybody always told me, if the Lions only won like this, this place would go upside down. And I, I'm pretty sure that place is upside down right now. So having blood and sweat for that for that franchise, and having one of your old teammates, you know, an, an inline blocking type mm-hmm. tight end, and Dan Campbell going to the NFC Championship game, I know a part of you still bleeds blue, especially with your old teammate and Dan Campbell being the head coach. What's that mean to you personally? A sense of pride. I mean, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know how many people know about Dan Campbell, about really who he is. I mean off the top, everybody says, oh, he's a meathead, right? He's a meathead. Yes, he is. He's tough as nails. I've seen him play through things that a lot of people would not play through. Um, but I also know how he was raised. He was raised in, in a Parcells system. He was raised, you know, with Jason Garrett, with, you know, with Sean Payton. So um, he's also an X's and O's guy, you know? I mean, he went down to Miami and, you know, put his time in. And then he got to to New Orleans and he was the assistant head coach for a long time and for, and for Sean Payton to make somebody, you know, like Dan Campbell, the assistant head coach, he was beyond ready. And when he got to Detroit, he built it right. You know, I think you got to look back to when he got there. You look at his drafts. He built it from the, the offensive line front. Um, so, you know, when you build things like that, when you build things where the, you know, when you when you come in and, and re, like change the branding of, you know, their T-shirts, their hats, and put grit on it. I mean, you got you to gotta be a pretty gritty person to, 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 you know, stand behind that. 
Uh, you heard there probably Dominic me say uh, on the intro that I was a little slow to come around on Dan Campbell because I thought he was more sound bites than anything else. I kind of was in a, mm-hmm. you know, a wait and see it sort of mode. Did you see it back when you played with him? Like, did you already see it back then? This dude has the goods one day. He could be a heck of a coach. Absolutely. Um, he was the first one in last, last one out type of guy. And he wasn't just a tough ball player. He was a good ball player. Um, he, but he, he knew his job inside and out. He didn't only know his job. He knew the, everybody else's job around him. Um, and so, you know, when you, when you put that kind of time in and, and you're a student, that much of a student of the game. And he, and the last thing I think to, to combine with both of those things is the guy cares about people, you know, and he cares about people so much that, you know, sometimes it comes off as a good sound bite, but man, he 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 gives a crap. I'll tell you that much about every single person in that locker room. When he tells you he loves you, and he looks you in the eye, and his voice is cracking, and his eyes are bloodshot, and but you can feel it. Uh, that was my favorite part of the the that entire game was post game watching your old teammate Dan Campbell get emotional with his guys and Dominic Rayola, longest tenure Lion, fourteen years of the Lions, one team, one voice. He's here with us, the former All-Pro Center, joining us here on ESPN Radio, reacting to his old squad and his old teammate going to the NFC Championship game. And when you saw Campbell get emotional and damn near came to tears and then turned the tears to anger, right? Like, hey, we we, we ain't done yet. We got two more to go. In that moment, if you're in that room, knowing you how we do, the old fiery 51, right, in a three-point stance with that ball in his hand, what would that moment mean to you as far as getting ready for prep and going to the NFC Championship game, watching a head coach react that way? Not satisfied. I mean, it, it, it quickly it quickly moves your attention to the San Francisco 49ers so fast. I bet you those guys were looking forward to, you know, getting on the 49ers. I mean, th- at this point in the season, there is no 24-hour uh, rule, right? You're on to the next because, the you know all you got is the next one right that one that you just earned yeah that's behind you you know like so so when he's when he's talking about moving on to the next week I guarantee you the 53 guys in that locker room were all in right then and there on moving forward to the 49ers especially when you come out with that kind of emotion that kind of a passion um it, it just mean it, it <laughs> the do mean so much to that locker room, man I it, you know, I think I'm so glad everybody gets to see that now. Dude, knowing you the way we do, you would have padded up right then. Like, put the pads back <laughs> on. Let's fly to San Francisco and let's beat the hell out of That's somebody. Right. <laughs> right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Hey, well, you got it, Dominic? You, I mean, I mean you still how got many it? Thanksgivings have you played? What'd you say? I said, do you still got it? Are you still in shape? You ready to go? <laughs> I can give you a series. I'll give you a series. All right. <laughs> I can, bite, I can definitely bite some kneecaps and cut the crap out of some people for a series. That's all, that's all you need to do right now in Detroit. Dominic Rayola, right. former Lions center, joining us here. Uh, speaking of biting kneecaps, I don't know if Jared Goff is doing that, but he certainly had a hell of a season and so far uh, ain't over yet. And and hell of a story here. I mean, one of the best stories in the NFL where this is a dude that 
despite what happened with the Rams and being in a Super Bowl, was sort of written off when he was traded to Detroit and now has really made a name for himself. What do you make of Jared Goff's performance overall and sort of the resurgence there that Dan Campbell has gotten the most out of him? I mean, this is a guy that the Rams wrote off, right? And so for me, it's a win-win because one of my closest friends, he left Detroit and got a Super Bowl, but then this guy, you know, comes in and becomes the, you know, becomes Dan Campbell's guy, right? And and he just looks like he does everything Dan asks of him. And and I just his resolve is unbelievable, right? Mentally tough, all that, but his resolve you know, he has a bad series. He's just like stone face, right? And, you know, your coach is, you know, veins popping out of his neck. But this guy is just like in, out, score, celebrate, next drive, right? And that's, hey, they, that's that's exactly what the city's getting behind. And, I mean, I'm so happy for Jared for, you know, I guess you could say he a resurgence of his uh, career. I mean, I, I think that's fair to say, right? I mean, he – Oh, yeah. He had to go in there and prove it and take the reins of the, the leadership role in that team. And that's what you do as a quarterback, right? You're automatically looked at like like a leader. So um really happy for that guy. Man, and Dom, you mentioned Matthew Stafford there. Not not by name, but for people who don't know, I mean, Dylan Rayola, Dom's son, is the number one quarterback in this recruiting class. He's going to Nebraska and continuing that, that Rayola tradition where Dom is in the, in the Nebraska Hall of Fame. But – Stafford is referred to by Dylan. I remember we had lunch with you, you know, at the at the Natty last year, uh, and it's Uncle Matthew, not not just Matthew Stafford. It's Uncle Matthew. So, what was that like for you guys to be watching one of your best friends and Uncle Matthew to your kids going back into Detroit and playing your old team? It was weird. Uh, it was it was definitely. Uh, I mean, it was. It, I was going to win either way, and I was going to feel bad either way, right? So, oh yeah. Um, and then, you know, and then when he lost, I'm like, yeah, well, he got his, right? It's so nice. And it's awesome to see the Lions get theirs. But, um, but man, I mean, you talk about a guy that revived his career, right? Why, you know, why should he retire now? I mean, the guy's just probably the top three, three quarterback in the league. I mean, all those throws he was making. I mean, blatant no-look throws in that game, right, against the Lions. And so um just a guy who revived his career i mean you heard what his head coach revived his head coach's you know coaching uh spirit i guess if you if you will but yeah it, it's uh that was definitely a win win and a lose lose <laughs> for us watching the game but you know ultimately this is about a franchise that gave me an opportunity gave my family an opportunity you know helped us put food on the table and you know and one that i went to battle for every day and um it's just it's an amazing thing to watch that the resurgence um i get calls and texts you got to come this weekend you got to come this weekend and just the electricity in that building is is unbelievable well hell one are you going to the game and two i mean what would it mean to you to watch your lions 14 years of blood sweat and tears uh if, if they can beat san fran and get to a super bowl what would that mean to you I mean, it's a sense of pride. You, you know, you, that's, that's the only team I played for. So I can truly claim one team and for them to turn it around, come full circle, you know, hear about all the curses and man, that building's cursed. And, um, you know, they, they always find ways to lose and they find every which way to win now. I mean, Dan must have done a good job of, you know, my brother said, 
saging that building. You know, you get the sage and the, the incense yeah. and you walk around yeah. that building and all the curses are gone now, but man, it, they find, find ways to win. And that's all you got to do is win by one. Right. So it don't matter if you win by one or 15, it, it doesn't matter. Love it. Love it. He sacrificed some kneecaps or something. I uh, got rid of all that bad That's juju. Right. That's right. Uh, the Lions will be at the 49ers this Sunday, 6.30 p.m. kickoff. Dominic Rayola, former Lions center, 14 years with the Detroit Lions. Thanks, Dominic. Thank you. Hugs, kisses. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, is this really the year for Detroit? We will get into it. We just talked Dominic. We will talk amongst ourselves. That's next here on ESPN Radio. Better done on this night by your NFC North champion Detroit Lions who are going to the NFC Championship game with a trip to the Super Bowl on the line. I envisioned that we would have a chance to compete with the big boys, and that's where we're at. All you got to do is get in. The Detroit Lions, by winning two playoff games, they have done something, Ian, that they have not done since 1957. That Mm. means that we just witnessed... The Detroit Lions do something this weekend that most Lions fans have never seen in their entire lives. It's one of the feel-good stories in sports right now. And, and, and think about this, Amber. You know, Dan Campbell was laughed at about the biting, biting kneecaps thing and everything else. But you just heard his old teammate, Dom Raiolo, spent 14 years you know, with the, with the Detroit Lions. The only guy who has a longer tenure with the Lions is Dom Muehlbach. You know, the, their out, outstanding long snapper. I think he spent... 17, 18 years, you know, with the Lions. And now he is a, a scout for the Lions, still in the organization. But, I mean, it's it's one of those things where, as as Dom pointed out, and you're in a, in a room with, with Dan Campbell, his X's and O's, his mind for the game is second to none. I, and it, as he pointed out, Sean Payton made him the assistant head coach, you know, when, when he was with the New Orleans Saints. He was the interim head coach for the Miami Dolphins. And when he was hired, the whole body kneecaps thing and the old Texan came out in him where he needed a dippy treat. He's a Copenhagen long cut guy, right? I mean, and, we, and so many people laughed at him. Well, who's laughing now? Because right. you look at what – go to his halftime. I mean, not halftime. His post-game, you know, speech. And when he's addressing the team, he damn near comes to tears, right? As a guy who was in that room, padded up, you know, bleeding, sweating, grinding for that squad for three, four years. And now he's the head coach, knowing what this means to that city, as we heard Don Mariello talking about. You know, if the Alliance could only do what the Red Wings are doing, what it would mean to that community. Well, now they're doing it. Here's Dan Campbell, in case you missed it, post-game addressing his squad. You're built for this. You're you built for this, man. And look what you guys did. You went out there and the what? It's another f***ing hot team that we knocked off. It's the next hot team that you knock off. Do you know how hard it is to win this f***ing league in the playoffs? Yes, sir. Do you understand what you're doing right now? What we're capable of? That's two. All right? That's two. We got two to go. With a bye in the middle. Come on, Coach. I mean, I, I, Amber, are you kidding me? Let's pat up. Let's go. I mean, get the three-point stance and fire off. And it's not just what they're doing, for, you know, coach-led. It's also player-led. And what they did in the draft. Look, look at their last draft. Jameer Gibbs, Jack Campbell, Sam Laporta, Brian Branch. You hit, hit big on your top four picks. Go back to last year. 
Aiden Hutchinson, win. Jamison Williams, win. I mean, Kirby Joseph in the third round of Illinois, win. Damn! I mean, they're doing something in Detroit. So, even if they get chicken kicked by San Fran, to get to this point, man, is second to none, and especially for a team that has just been buried under NFL bodies and carcasses, right? And here they are kind of, you know, not kind of, but they, they, they found themselves in, in resurgence, especially with a, a reclamation project at quarterback. You think he doesn't identify with that city? Trying right. to come back from the depths of Brigadoon? Well, here's Jared Goff. Here's Dan Campbell biting kneecaps in the NFC Championship game. Jared Goff might find himself playing in two Super Bowls already. I mean, at this point in his career for a dude who was written off for a dude that it was supposed to be all Sean McVay and not at all Jared Goff, right? And anybody could have done what Jared Goff did in Sean McVay's brilliant system and all the nonsense that we heard. Did get written off? I mean, quite literally, the Absolutely. Rams got rid of him, even though they had been in a Super Bowl with him. They didn't believe in him that he could get them over the hump. He goes to Detroit. It felt like no man's land when he gets traded there. It felt like he was just going to go there and fizzle out, and his NFL career was going to get lost and, and end up over with. And then anything but that happened in Detroit. He had to prove himself. Dan Campbell, obviously an unproven coach, able to get the most out of him. And I, I've been one that has been not really critical of Dan Campbell, so to speak. But one of the things in this business that we do that frustrates me is like when the hype train gets going here at ESPN, Ian, you know how this thing works. Then people just go crazy with the hype train and it starts going faster and faster and faster. We start rolling downhill, rolling downhill and everyone gets crazy and too excited. And that's what I felt like happened after the Lions were on hard knocks because Dan Campbell is so good with the sound bites that I thought everybody crowned the Lions a year too soon because remember they were the super trendy pick last year not this season last season everybody was jumping on the Lions to win the division and compete in the playoffs and maybe find themselves in a Super Bowl and I didn't quite get it then and now I get it obviously but also now we're a year further in the development and like you said the drafting has so much to do with that these last two drafts the personnel these last couple drafts they have hit and hit and hit some more you know how hard it is to hit on your top four picks right it ain't easy. I mean, and no. I know I know two of them were, were ones and two were twos, but I don't care. I mean, how many times we see misses on first round draft picks? They've hit on they hit on all four: Jameer Gibbs, Jack Campbell, Sam Laporta, Brian Branch. Damn, I mean, beyond impressive. And go back to when we talked to Jason Cabinda, starting fullback for the Lions last week, and then you, what do you heard from Don Mariola, former teammate of Dan Campbell's? They would do anything for that dude, and that's infectious. Yeah. And you're seeing that attitude translate to winning games and surviving and advancing. Yeah, certainly people who play for him love him as a Miami Dolphins fan. It's taken me a little while to come around on the guy that was once our interim head coach that went five and seven, but I have, in fact, come around. We're going to come around also next here on Amber and Ian Moore ESPN Radio.